Hey, Zach. Hey, Steven. So, I need to stop saying so, so much. Yeah. I'm editing slowly, very slowly editing the stuff from uh, editing some vlog clips. And there was a bit of the vlog where I was with you, and every single vlog clip starts with, So, Steven. <laughs> so, Steven. Uh, there's a band that I like quite a lot. They might be giants. I'm aware of them. And uh, they just did a pretty big tour through the U.S., and I missed it because I am not in the U.S. And then the, like, four days after I get on a plane to go back to the U.S., they're doing a tour through Europe. Oh, nice. Uh, so that's real neat. But but they're doing a tour in Canada and some of the northern United States. Which of the U northern United States? Uh, at least the Wisconsin one. I don't know which other ones. That's good. Uh, but the hard part is that's now in Madison, not Milwaukee, which is where I will be when they actually do their tour. I will be in Milwaukee. They will be in Madison. Maybe I'll go. You could. It'd be it'd be cool. We could do a live at a concert <laughs> worrying bucks. Sounds awful. All right. <laughs> Let's dismiss that idea and move on. Great. Yeah. Uh so I'm going to want to get from Madison to Milwaukee. First I'm going to want to get from Milwaukee to Madison so I can see the show, but then once the show is over, I will want to get from Madison to Milwaukee. That makes sense. I'm with you. That's like freaking impossible because I don't own a car. And Wisconsin has a terrible transit system. Yep. Uh, I looked it up. At certain times of day, the most efficient route from Milwaukee into Madison takes four hours and goes through downtown Chicago. Okay, so how hard are you trying? Because I definitely know that there is a bus that goes directly from Madison to Milwaukee. Right. Uh, at specific times, on specific days... But yeah, then it goes from school to school because it's for people who want to be at the other school for the weekend. So it's only on the weekend, only at whatever, like 9 a.m. and right. 4 p.m. And those aren't the times that the concert is happening. And I wish that there was some sort of system kind of like Sweden has and really most places in Europe, from what I can tell, that get you to where you want to go without you owning a car. Especially from the bigger places, from Vesteros, where I am now, I can get to basically any equally sized city within a few hours by train Right. most times of day. So you'd expect in Wisconsin that there would be a better public transit system from the two biggest cities in, Ma in Wisconsin? You would think so. I assume they are. I don't know that for sure. Yes, they are. Okay. I uh, feel your pain, Zach. I had these dreams of being able to take a bus from my school to back home. Oh, yeah. You can't even get back home, can no, you? I can't. I have, I have to a go Greyhound through. that runs back home from Milwaukee. I have to take that bus to Milwaukee to get onto that Greyhound <laughs> to get back to my, ho to my home. Oh. So, yes, I understand that is a pain in the butt. There's like a single Amtrak line that passes kind of by where uh, where we grew up. It doesn't <laughs> stop there, but it passes by it. Just jump off, tuck and roll. <laughs> 
So that is a thing that uh, I, th- I think that Sweden is pretty good at, but that Madison is not very good at. Um, so, can, Sweden, can you, like, tell me something, you know, boost boost up my esteem, my opinion of Madison? What's something that Madison is good at? Uh, I don't know, Zach. It's nothing. Nothing is good in Madison. Man. It's all awful, and no one should ever be here. <laughs> I... Uh... I'm pretty drained, Zach. Yeah. Uh, my finals week is starting. Mm-hmm. I had my last class not uh, about an hour ago. And things in my life are mostly fine, I should say. Like, the thing, mm-hmm. the following are very first world problems. Nevertheless, it feels awful and I couldn't think of a hidden treasure. So, what you're getting is story time. Okay. And this is not a story, really. It's a way for me to complain. So last night, there was a project due for my computer science class. It was a group always project. Fun. Oh, always fun. Yeah. And I'm not going to name names. Bill. Bill, Tim, and John. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to gonna tell the saga from the beginning. <laughs> oh, dear. Basically, what happened is there's two parts, and the first part was to design a UI for a Java application that displayed a tournament, like a sporting uh, event tournament. Okay, yeah. Using JavaFX. And you have some experience with that, right? I have, I've looked at something that was a tournament displayer that you've made before. I, 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 I legitimately have recollections of a thing hosted on your website that displayed it was like a tennis tournament maybe okay i know what you're talking about we're not going to mention it because i don't remember anything about it (laughs) okay Uh, so there is something not well embedded in your brain yeah and i mean it is some i used to do sports more and so i know what Mm -hmm. a tournament is like and by the looks of my teammates uh they know about tournaments as well good there's two parts to this assignment uh the first was to design the UI. So all you do was draw the boxes, right? Mm-hmm. So none of us had any experience with JavaFX before. That's fine. That was kind of the point. Yeah. So we all sat down, we got together, and we started like drawing it out on paper and then designing it on the on in JavaFX. And the fun things about uh, the fun thing about tournaments is that. They're pretty mathematical, especially when you're promised that it's always going to be in powers of two, the number of teams. So it's going to be either two teams, four teams, eight teams, 16, 32, etc. So you can do this all with math in for loops. Yeah. So that's what we did. We just made a loop that generated the rounds and the teams in the bracket. Mm -hmm. Just based on which power of two you're at. Yeah. And when I say we did that, I mean... I did that because I am the only one who knows how to use logarithms, which is fine. Just, you might be thinking, Zach, what do you need I logarithms am. for? And all well, you need... n- no. I'm thinking, don't you have basic math competency requirements for computer science courses? This is a 400 class. Yes. Okay. Uh, and all we, all, the only thing we were using logarithms for was to figure out the initial number of teams or the number of games right yeah I, just, can, I honestly can't think of how to 
Never mind. I can't think of how to do it off the top of my head. Okay, well, I mean, you, you just you take the number of teams, you take the logarithm of the number of teams divided by the logarithm of two, and that will give you the number of rounds you need. Mm-hmm. So since I was the only one who could do that, I, I just, I wrote that line of code. This is the n- initial number of rounds. That was my mistake. That was my first mistake. Because... That, oh no, that did not sound like a mistake to me. Because by creating the file and writing that first bit of code, I was now the person who writes all the code. Because That's they, not how... They didn't want to use no. Git. They didn't want to? I was like, hey, I'll upload this to Git and you guys can work on it too. And they're like, nah. I'm like, oh god, okay. What about you could have... Um, there actually is. I was about to say you could have coded in uh in google docs and done it all collaboratively but there actually is a google docs like thing that has syntax highlighting and linting and that kind of thing for code do you think they would have uh would have bought into that i don't think the which platform we used to share the code was the problem no dang i think the problem was they didn't want to write any code in a 400 level computer science class agreed so so I designed the thing myself. Whatever. This wasn't a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Does Actually, I've never worked with JavaFX. Does that let you do styling separate from the elements themselves, like a CSS-HTML relationship? Yes, it does let you do that. Awesome. Um, we didn't do any of that because we didn't really know how, and it wasn't taught super well, but that's okay. Not a big deal. The next thing we did was... Ma- the next thing we were supposed to do was make the tournament backend. So we made the front end stuff. Now we got to make a thing to store all that data. Okay. A data structure. Yes. For, for what I'm assuming is a data structures class? Partially, yeah. So there were lots of suggestions. In this part, they were actually kind of helpful with. Like, we threw out a bunch of ideas. Um, we eventually landed on a binary search tree. Okay. Because it made it kind of made sense. So you would start at the final game. That would be your root node. And then that mm-hmm. one, and that node would have two predecessors. And those predecessors would have two predecessors because we're working in powers of two. It made sense to do that. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. It, yeah. It was actually a pretty good idea. So we said, all right, let's adjourn and do the rest of this later. That's a dangerous thing in my experience. You got to assign tasks very quickly after the meeting i agree uh so a little while later i wrote up a to-do list and said these are the things we need to do we need to make this data structure this data structure this one this method that one and then we got to connect it to the ui Mm -hmm. so after sending that out no replies for a few days so i did my next mistake which was complete the first task on the to-do list. Without anything being explicitly assigned. Yes. And uh, after I did that, I said, hey, I did that. And they're like, cool, thanks. (laughs) So (laughs) I made my third mistake, which was did the second thing on the to-do list, thinking, oh, Stephen, these guys will see... Will feel the social pressure of not mm, doing okay, it. Okay, yeah, like you're you're leading by example. This yeah, is the, exactly. the thing that they tell you to do in leadership classes that they throw you into in Boy Scouts or whatever. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what my think. That's what I'm thinking. So I did everything, <laughs> except <laughs> leading for leading by example. <laughs> yep, 
I did everything. I it was I did everything except for connect it to the UI. Uh, quick aside, have you talked about like UML diagrams and how to actually convey what a class will do? Uh, we have learned about class diagrams, but we never called them UML. Uh, okay, but you had a way to convey, hey, these are the things that this bit of code will do Yes. to everybody so everybody was on the same page and they weren't just confused. Yep. Okay, carry on. Just yeah, wanted to that. make sure that wasn't the... <laughs> Uh, so I had these great data structures. They were awesome. They worked and they worked well. They used math with barely any for loops. Good. So very efficient, very memory efficient, Mm -hmm. uh, just in general, good code. Did you do all your obfuscation and stuff, right? Your, uh, obfuscation is a coding term for when your code does a lot of stuff but people only need to know about one or two things that it does, and they don't need to be able to access all of the internal, like your special fancy, I made a vector method. Right. They just need to know that you can get a thing from one point to another point. Yep. I I've, I at least felt like I did it right. Okay. Now, whether, I mean, you could go back and look at the GitHub commits. Is it public? Uh, I think so. Uh, you don't want to look at it now, though, because we're getting to that part of the story. Well, but I can look at the commits. Uh, not until, uh, not after I take it down, because I don't want anything related to that project uh, on my GitHub. My teammates, I-, I said, hey guys, all we have to do is this. This got their attention. Said, okay, yeah, that seems like a good idea. So they, so they started doing things, connecting the UI to the backend. But okay. they didn't understand what my code did. Not that it didn't work, or that the obfuscation was bad, like it wasn't, it was improperly named or anything. They just didn't understand how the logarithms and 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 uh, exponents worked. Javadoc, Stephen. No, no, I commented. Okay. I, I I said this is what this does, but they didn't like that because they didn't understand it. So they rewrote it as for loops, mm. nested for loops. In something else or in the same class that they just overwrote over yeah, yours? that one. Overwrote over mine. So now... You gotta have... You gotta... Okay, Steven. Some some Git... Especially GitHub. Uh, setup tips. Lockdown master. Everything needs to be a pull request accepted <laughs> by someone else. Lockdown master. Do I not let anyone that. commit to master. That is a mistake. That is your cardinal mistake above even doing all of the work. Okay, noted for Lock next time. master. So, uh, so, as they rewrite all my code, this is two days before it's due. Obviously. Yep. Uh, they introduce bugs, I'm guessing? Yeah, they introduce some bugs. It works less well now. Because it doesn't just use math, and math works every time. They introduce for loops, which can be buggy and hard to debug. Right. How many ifs did they use? Oh, a lot of I don't my professors just yell at us when we use ifs. I don't want to count for anything Zach. but null checking. There was no null checking to be found. Oh. So I am like, okay, whatever. Just it, I don't care anymore. I'm so done with this because I'm also getting sick at this point. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if you guys can hear that in my voice, but I am still kind of sick. And more about that later. I'm heavily foreshadowing more stories about why nothing is good and I don't have a hidden treasure this week. So one of the teammates... Still hidden treasures, I forgot. Yeah. So one of the, 
one of my teammates, he's supposed to be working on something. He's not, obviously. He's very obviously not doing anything because the thing he's supposed to be doing should take him two minutes maximum if he is a 400, if he's in a 400 computer science class. Okay. And he says, yo, I'm having some hard time. I'm having a hard time with this in our little group chat. Uh, Could you guys want to meet? And we're like, sure, please. Can we just get this done? Mm. I I think it's admirable. Yeah, no, that is. That's a good thing to do. So it comes time to meet or like right before it. And we say, hey, where do you want to meet? Where do you want to go to do this? Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm not coming. You got let me know how it goes. That's not an admirable thing. No, it's not. my previous statement. (laughs) Oh, God. And I'm like, what? So I basically say, okay, well, I'll just do it. No need to meet up in the rain. It was raining as well. Mm -hmm. So I do it. It takes me two minutes because (laughs) that's how long it should take. And also because you know the code very well because you wrote all of it. Let's be honest. I wrote it all the first time. Admittedly, it should have taken him 10 minutes max if it took you two minutes, but... There is understandable confusion if he didn't write the code and doesn't understand the documentation. So yeah, that happened. And then, so it's six o'clock now. The assignment's due at 10. Okay. I'm, there are just some minor things that need to be done, like making a dialogue box that pops up that tells you the winner. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm just like nudging, not even nudging. I'm assigning at this point. I'm way past nudging. Good. I am like as, as so upset about this because I've done everything so far. Next time this happens, even if you aren't doing scrum, appoint yourself scrum master just so if they start uh, being like questioning why you are starting to assign tasks, you can just say, I'm scrum master, remember? And then... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, so I am so sick of it. I'm assigning things and I'm saying, do this, do that, do this, because there are only three things that need to be done mm-hmm. and there are four hours left. So would you, if, if it was just you with the code now, would you have been able to do those three things in four hours? Easily. I, I what ended up happening was I didn't think they were going to get it done. So I wrote it myself and waited for them to send it and waited to see if they were going to do it. Okay. So that way I could come down to the last 10 minutes and say, well, I did it all. You're welcome. I'm never talking to you again, hopefully. Mm -hmm. They did end up doing it. I had to fix some of their bugs, but they did end up doing it. We got it submitted within 10 minutes of the deadline. It's in. It's in. And I, so that, so yeah, like I said, 10 o'clock. I had other things to be doing, Zach. I had an yeah. econ test in the morning. I had an econ final in the morning. Oh. Okay. Like, this is not what I wanted to be doing. I wanted them to say, oh, yeah, Stephen has done all the work so far. Maybe we can do this last part and make it good enough. Mm-hmm. Stephen can be the consultant for when we're a little confused. We can send Stephen a quick message and say, hey, what's up with this thing, Stephen? And yeah. Stephen can answer and get back to his studying. That's not what happened, though. I got to 10 o'clock, and I, that was so stressful and so frustrating that I just... I, I could study for econ. I mean, I did, but not nearly as much as I would have wanted to that night. Mm. But like a good student, I went to bed at a reasonable hour and woke up also at a, at a reasonable hour. Now, this is story number two for today. We're starting into story so, number two. Real quick, I just want to get the the postmortem. Are you going to be a solo indie developer from now on? Uh, if I can, let me let me put it this way: I 
don't necessarily need to work alone because I have gone, I have had group projects before and they have not been that terrible. So, but if, if I get hired somewhere and the people I work with start acting like that, I will not be working there. Okay. If they act like my first group project of this year, that'd be great. X team number 52, you are fantastic. It was an equal amount of work, more or less. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, every, and we all got along and we could figure out what the code meant. And if we didn't, we could say, hey, what does that do? And we, they would say, it does this. Perfect. Although I will admit that doing it all yourself is much easier. Yeah, especially at uh, that level. Yeah. So then the next morning. So the next morning, I wake up and I grab my notes and I go down into Gordon, the dining hall. Mm-hmm. to do some studying without waking up my roommate and in my head the so the test is at nine forty-five a.m okay and i get down there maybe eight o'clock so i have you know a good while it takes like 15 20 minutes to walk there not a big deal mm-hmm. i'm wearing a rain jacket because it's there it looks like it's going to rain so i'm studying and i get a little at uh eight forty-five. I get a little notification on my wrist, my watch, that says, your econ final, the my calendar alert for my econ final in 15 minutes. I'm okay. Like, that's not right. It's 9.45. I must have typed it in wrong. Let's make sure. <laughs> Good. So I go to the econ website, and sure enough, it's at 9 o'clock, not 9.45. That's why calendar reminders are a thing that we all need. Yep. So I think, okay... 15-minute walk, 15-minute final start. They say to get there 15 minutes early. I am already late. So I grab my jacket and I start running. Okay. Keep in mind, I'm sick. I'm running. Okay. <laughs> I am I must have been a sight because I am wearing jeans and a rain jacket and I'm clutching my number two pencils that I'm required <laughs> to use and I'm running down the sidewalks trying to get to my econ final and uh, i'll have you know zach that i ran a six and a half minute mile in my jeans good yeah uh that's how about how long it was it was uh, about a mile and i ran it in about six and a half minutes so i did make it i was very much out of breath but i Mm. did have to throw away about a quarter of my coffee which was quite disappointing Mm. can't run with (laughs) a cup of coffee in your hand you need a hot stopper yeah yeah i do So you made it, though. I made it, uh, and I even had some time to catch my breath. About four minutes. (laughs) Or that's not how math works, about seven minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, who needs caffeine when you have adrenaline (laughs) and endorphins and stuff? Oh my god. I think I did all right on that. I'm glad you made it. Yeah, and like, seven minute mile, not usually a big deal, but I'm very sick. Not very sick, I'm mildly sick, and it did not make it easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right so yeah that's why nothing is good and i couldn't think of a hidden treasure <laughs> well well placed streets between buildings sidewalks between buildings that's a thing also it was uphill and i was like come on oh. <laughs> like the entire way it's on the top very top of bascom hill this <laughs> this class i was going to oh. all right aren't you supposed to like sit on lincoln's lap for good luck on finals or something I don't know that tradition, but I didn't do it, so I hope Lincoln understands. Or like I rub his knee. Time. I don't. There's something t- with the statue at the top of that hill. 
Zach, I I hope you don't get too cold in Milwaukee. I bet it's a uh, it's a it's a cold place. Certainly, yeah. The, I'll be going in the fall semester. It'll be getting colder, and I'll be um, out of the dorms for the first time too. Ooh, paying so, for your own electricity. Yeah, and my own heat. So, what are you gonna do about that? Uh, probably just use the heater that is already in the building that I am renting. But if that weren't an option or I deem that it is just not at all economically viable, I could go check out the Carnot QC1. What's that? Which, uh, so it's made by Carnot, which is a French company that makes servers for your home that they then help you rent out. So you put this server in your house, and it makes your house warm, and then they let other people like render video on the server that you have in your house. <laughs> You know that old saying, though, that mining Bitcoin at this point isn't really even profitable unless you're using it to heat a home or something? Yeah. Quarno. Carno. There's, there, it's spelt with a Q, but there, it's Carno. They've got the compute device for you. It's a Bitcoin mining machine to heat your home with. Actually, right now, as markets currently stand, it's an Ethereum mining machine. It <laughs> intelligently picks between the most efficient one to mine. I have no patience for this, and this is ridiculous. Why? Because it's doing both things poorly now. It's not an efficient heater, mm -hmm. because it's also mining Bitcoin. <laughs> and it's not efficient at mining Bitcoin, because it's also a heater. I don't think it being a heater stops it from being efficient at mining Bitcoin. Yes, it is, because it, by the nature of GPUs, they can't get too hot. Okay. Because they will actually melt. Parts of it will melt and they will break. Right, yeah. So they can't get it too hot, so it's a bad heater, right? Mm -hmm. But that also there means... Is, uh, there is like an intensive mode where they run it very hot for a short amount of time for when you walk into the house and it's way too cold. <laughs> or you're broke, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot, I need to get some dominoes. I don't have any Bitcoin, though. <laughs> uh, also, uh, just, just it being ridiculous isn't the only problem. It's also very expensive. I actually did not even look at the price. What is it? It's, uh, I don't remember exactly. I'm going to make something up. So I don't want to make something up. But um, it's multiple thousands of dollars. Many okay. multiple. Like, if I remember right, it's in the tens. But I might also mm. remember wrong. So I think the startup costs... Uh, outweigh what you could ever possibly hope to earn or save in heat and or bitcoin respectively i said that those in the wrong order i don't know enough about non-bitcoin based home heaters to know if that is <laughs> okay i'll tell you this zach okay. I, don't, I don't know that much either but i do know that natural gas is less expensive than mining bitcoin to heat your house <laughs> I meant more the startup cost, but that is probably also true. Okay. I think the render farm is actually a much more enticing concept, and I'm glad that... I agree. Whoever tweeted out about this this thing, uh, making fun of a Bitcoin heater, which, you know, truth be told, they were right to make fun of it, but they introduced me to the world of server rendering-based heating devices. Yeah. And just the idea of renting out your thing to someone else who needs it mm -hmm. 
on a computer like is a not a novel idea but a a not very common thing Mm -hmm. because you could also be like super altruistic and write your own rosetta stone code to run on your bitcoin heater because it's actually just a linux machine meaning that your heater now runs linux (laughs) oh great so my heater can be hacked too yep that is true this is exactly what i want and i don't know why i didn't think of investing in one of these before According to the FAQ page, to get it working, all you need is the heater itself and an internet box. Yeah, you know, internet boxes. All right, I'm moving on. I don't need any more of this nonsense. Let's talk about what happened to Google I.O., Zach. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a cool conference. Um, and... I, I think because uh, the last few Google IOs have been more about like, oh, it's the era of machine learning or it's the era of mobile or whatever. It's the watch era that happened. Uh, <laughs> and so I think the thing they never really explicitly said it, but I think the thing that they were uh, focusing on this time was that it's the era of voice interaction and really like doubling down on that. Uh, voice interactions and they the, the they like made a couple of digs at siri actually i, I liked that well yeah it, it's low-hanging fruit is all <laughs> i'm saying how do you feel about the uh new privacy standards the new well I, it, it was weird and a little conflicting because they said that they were uh, working on those new privacy standards but then they also um you know how like they did a couple of those word clouds yeah, the word clouds. Things everyone, like they, they, you need at least three per keynote. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when the, they said like, you know, business developments, and one of them was that they split off a little section of Google just into an Apple subsidiary. Um, it, it was like the, the name of it. And so I looked it up to get more information. They split off um, a part of Google as an Alphabet subsidiary that uh was oh like, okay alphabet you said apple yeah, the first time say, oh no 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 uh but it was focused on like helping other companies kind of skirt around gdpr which seems like a weird thing to explicitly be doing yeah definitely <laughs> uh gdp gdpr is the euro weirdness that's happening about privacy regulation mm-hmm. just it, it, it'll be in the show notes and so when they were talking about the the privacy standards, and then like those all sounded good, the new stuff they're doing, um, but they're they're like double hashing stuff. I think was the, the the main thing. They're taking all of the stuff they have and they're hashing it, and then they're hashing it again. That's from a cryptography standpoint is completely ridiculous and. <laughs> doesn't actually stop anyone because they also because they didn't explain how the salts were going to work then so i gotta Mm. assume they just aren't salting (laughs) which is not good Uh, i mean it it definitely sounded more like a thing they were pandering towards the audience like the journalists there who were just gonna say oh google's more secure because they're hashing stuff more fair enough (laughs) i just hope that's not an actual policy Mm -hmm. i i don't know why they would say something there that wasn't to pander i guess i don't know all right yeah uh let me just look at my notes i we started doing this out of order so i'm a oh, little fair enough yeah lost yeah 
Oh, the um, you they mentioned how like all of the names for Android before have been letters, so it was like Android L, Android O. That got turned into desserts. Yeah, but it's based on the letter, right? Um, so did you catch the bit when they said they were doing semantic versioning with the letters? No, I missed that. So it's like Android L dot A, Android L dot B, Android L dot B dot A for um google just (laughs) base 10 it's very easy we've been doing it for a long time um semantic versioning for those of you who aren't in the coder world is just a way for developers who make things that other developers use to make clear if things are broken in the new update so it's google what what letter are they on now for their yeah it would be android p dot I guess p.null.null because they they didn't right a was the first update see i think at that point you might as well just say p. this will break the following libraries <laughs> I, they're probably moving towards that now they <laughs> or you could do it the microsoft way and say this is windows 10 creator update 3 for spring of 22 i don't know they also gave, like, some of the Windows updates are, like, Windows Redstone update. Yeah, they because they, they said that, well, Microsoft said that it's always going to be Windows 10 from now on. They're just going to have different, like, name updates. Mm-hmm. So it's just hard to keep track of is all I'm saying. I think, actually, that's why they uh, bought Minecraft is because Minecraft really pioneered that. They just had Minecraft 1 that came out, and then they started naming all of their updates. Oh, this is the adventure update. This is the whatever update. (laughs) And they were afraid of IP issues with that, so they just purchased Minecraft right out. Makes sense. Uh, Speaking of major purchases, Mm -hmm. uh, Google buying Tesla. That's That happened. Yeah, yeah, that was... um, So do you think that's part of their driverless car thing? Yeah, probably. Driverless cars, and then... um, do you know what the like did they mention what happened with the spacex stuff because i know that tesla has quite a few agreements with spacex because they used to be um they also like bought it and fired elon musk immediately which was kind of a weird thing that makes complete sense in my book you do not want to lose canon like that on your team fair uh no don't don't get me wrong i love what elon musk is doing but he is quite uh eccentric Mm mm-hmm headstrong maybe yeah headstrong that's good yeah (laughs) and then um they they actually acknowledged that they rebranded android wear a little bit ago they rebranded it to google watch os um (laughs) and they came out with the the pixel wear their new like home brand uh smartwatch any thoughts on it i want one Really, I because I want a smartwatch, but uh, I don't trust any of the non-Google Android manufacturers yep. ever. Yep. So the fact that Google has their own now, I feel like it will just work better because that's usually true of the Google hardware. Makes sense. They they decided to make it an octagon though, which was kind of a weird. It was like the rounded octagon instead of like most of them do circles or squares at this point. Right, because you know computer traditionally watches are round Mm -hmm. but traditionally computer parts are square so it makes sense to like Mm -hmm. have a good intermediate intermediate thing yeah and and then the eight makes sense because like computers eight eight bits that's a base two thing like you were talking about so yeah yeah totally yeah okay I i guess that was a sensible move um even if a little 
in the weeds geekery wise but well, yeah. it is their developer conference so yeah um did you see i i mean obviously you saw uh, you couldn't miss it uh they are dropping java from android and going complete kotlin yeah that was exciting that i'd really i had been hoping for that quite a lot and they just went with it and uh, usually um, there's a transition but whatever one year that i mean w- you had a year of transition that's all you need <laughs> i know kotlin now and java is annoying and not null safe so Agreed. i yeah i support them entirely uh and that that was like really the big news was that right dropping java stuff so it was a exciting conference yeah i oh uh so, uh, this this is a little hard to say, but I just um, like took the they had like the conference thing up on YouTube, and I just because um, some parts of it sounded off, it looked a little off, and I just wanted to make sure, so I copied it over and I put it in a serif font. And Stephen, we've been talking about Google L O with a lowercase L. Wait, hold on. Yeah, it's so YouTube just does it sans serif. Oh no! But then it. I just I just changed the font. Yeah. Oh, how we missed that? Yeah, that's that's embarrassing. It still looks a lot like an I. That's confusing. They should make it like now. It looks like a ten because I cha- you changed it into Arial. <laughs> <laughs> Dang! All, All right. right. Well, I, well nah. I guess we'll be back next week with some actual. Next fortnight with some actual Google I know knows news, but uh, this has been your worrying bugs update from Google Lo. They they really delivered on a lot of stuff I was yeah. excited for, so I hope that um, Google I/O you know takes note, follows in the lead of Google Lo. In my head, in the worrying bugs canon, um, <laughs> what happened was a fan group called. Uh, Googie, that's like G-O-O-G capital I-E <laughs> on YouTube, um, used like Liarbird AI and that that video thing we were talking about yep. to make it look like Sundar Pichai was giving a talk. And like usually that's from quite far away, so you don't even really... Yeah. And yeah, if it, if it was coming over a bad YouTube connection, so it yeah, could be all my... pixelated and stuff. That's that's my headcanon for what just happened there. Um, oh, God, we have to start that. The worrying bugs canon? No, headcanon. The joke is that we don't actually have any listeners to make like a Wikipedia for, for us, a wiki for worrying bugs. So we have to do it all ourselves. So we call it headcanon because it's all like up here. Okay, what would it contain? Just like, I don't know, like... Uh, essentially, my, the idea is that we would discuss Worrying Bugs canon as if people cared. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It's funny in my head because we we would act completely like, oh, yeah, so, so, some guy on the Reddit made this thing, but really we just drew it. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, I guess I, am kind of, I can be kind of robotic and Zach can be kind of caveman-ish. Resent that. I am not the caveman. I am uh, the golden retriever of this duo. The golden retriever. Yeah. Uh, I excitable and distracted. Okay. Sure. I I can't dictate that. The whoever whoever yeah, writes right, in for exactly. headcanon will. But you're getting it. You're getting it. <laughs> it's exactly right. And now a PSA from the worrying bugs. 
It's far easier to change the currency string in the URL than navigate the terrible interface to switch to dollars. This has been a PSA from The Worrying Bugs. So what does that mean, Zach? I am in another country. And websites, because my IP is in another country, uh, the websites can tell that I am in another country. And so they think that I want to know all of their prices in Swedish crowns. Makes sense. Which is not true. My checking account is still in dollars. My uh, metrics for deciding how expensive a thing is relative to all other things in my head, still in American dollars. And when I am talking to other people about traveling in Europe, I want to tell it to them in American dollars because they're probably not even going to have to deal with Swedish kroner. Makes sense. Do you, you don't do the thing yet where like when you learn a new language, you start like thinking in that language? You haven't done that with Swedish crowns yet? Uh, for groceries. But crowns are very, very close to just 10 times a dollar. Okay. So like 10 crowns is $1.18. Okay. So for most small things, I can just divide it by 10 and then I have it in US dollars. Gotcha. But a lot of websites, when they realize that I am in Sweden and they switch over to Swedish kroner, don't make it easy to switch back to US dollars. The navigation is bad or you have to like click the thing and then scroll all the way down to the bottom of the list because U is late in the alphabet. (laughs) And it's a lot of times a lot easier to go up to the little URL bar, highlight the little thing that says SEK and type in USD and reload. And now the page knows that you want to be operating in US dollars. That would be great. But I bet there are one or two websites that will see U.S. dollars and say, Hey, wait a minute. He's in Sweden. I bet he wants crowns. Right. And then you have to actually navigate their terrible interface to, like, send an extra Java token that you want U.S. dollars or something. But I'm most of the time, it works (laughs) to just change the string. Good. Speaking of changing that was. I, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> I knew it. All is right. there a better one? No. Nope, I don't know what not. this segment is about. There isn't. Strings. Are you changing up your outfit? Then I could talk about changing strings because you're changing threads. But that's probably not what you're actually talking about. <laughs> Steven's changing something up. Uh, so I've been thinking. Okay. And As you do. Yeah. And... As a way to procrastinate studying for finals, I have been redesigning my website. Mm-hmm. And in the redesign, there's a big picture of me right in the front. I was going to go look at your website to see what that looks like, but I can't. Yeah, no, it's, it's not, not live up yet. yet. Not, not up yet. Uh, it probably won't be up by the time this episode goes live. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, like, there are a certain number of people who know me through the internet or at least use the things that i make Mm -hmm. and see my name every time they open their app where do you put your name that they see it every time they open the app on the launch screen like on the water tracker it says another water tracker an app by stephen barry or on the random podcast finder which is now live and you can go download it says random podcast finder uh, an app by stephen barry and has a little strawberry because that's my brand now I'm very happy with that, by the way. It's um, yeah, it's very clever. 
it's really not even like i don't know why it took me so long to make it that it's just a strawberry which is not a berry but it's a strawberry with the asterisk i feel like that's a yeah anyway there are a few people at least and slowly slowly growing number of people who know who i am and i don't know who they are i have a really quick question uh, about the strawberry, I just remembered that Apple is now taking issue with people who use the Apple emojis in their UI. Uh, I'm not worried because the emoji is in a text string. They've mostly been saying don't use the emojis as buttons and things to tap on, the parts of like the actual UI. Huh, okay. But if like... If someone puts a emoji in their Facebook post, yeah. it'll still show as an Apple emoji. Mm-hmm. That's not a problem. So I'm not too worried. Also, my apps are not big enough for them to be have Fair. issues with. Yeah. And even if they were, they I, I can't imagine that is actually a problem. And if it does become a problem, then I will draw a strawberry. <laughs> Moving on. I, okay. Yep. Uh, so I start thinking, like, I have... In my head, at least, I am a privacy-valuing person. Mm -hmm. Uh, I care about security. Uh, I encrypt my emails. I do things that... I I take extra lengths to be safe and private on the internet. And that's, at the very least, the you in your head that you're trying to be consistent with. Yeah. But at the same time, I have a public Instagram account. I have a podcast where I've said all but my room number. Yeah. Uh, You guys... If you've been listening for long enough, you know which building I live in, which floor I'm on, and maybe what side of the hallway? If you can deduce that, I think you can. My name's on the door. It would not be hard. (laughs) Not that I'm worried about anything. And they know, you have mentioned before, that it is very easy to get into the building you're in. Yes, I have mentioned that as well. (laughs) So, I'm moving out soon. I'm moving out slightly after this podcast comes out. Okay. And... I will not be saying where I'm going anymore. It's because he's going to be in a cardboard box. That's not true. I will say that I'm it's, not it's going, going to be It's going to be like in a normal building and stuff. It's just going to also be in a cardboard box. <laughs> I'm going to uh, use cardboard as wallpaper and live inside <laughs> a room-sized cardboard box. There are things I wouldn't say in the podcast, like anything, anytime I say OPSEC... But those things are on my public Instagram feed because I always thought the people who listen to the podcast are not the type of people who look me up on the internet. That's not true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's very not true. I'm just trying to figure out where I'm going to draw the line because there are so many pictures of me online. Yeah. And I don't really care if someone can recognize my face. Mm -hmm. I feel like I could never care about that with the vlog. Yeah. But at the same time, I am. So I just I'm just wondering how far I'm going to go because I am going to make my Instagram less public. I because that's just pictures and not just pictures of me. Mm-hmm. Pictures of uh, people and things I don't put on. I wouldn't. I would say that's too much. So you are putting things on your Instagram that you feel like should not be on a public forum because they have information you wouldn't want the public widely to know yes that's and it's nothing bad it's just mm-hmm. uh it's private mm-hmm. so 
those things, sure. My name, probably not, because that is my my brand now. I have the strawberry. Yeah. My face, I'm I'm going back and forth on it. Because mm-hmm. like last night, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna delete all the pictures that I have control over. And there are enough Stephen Berries, and there are, most of them are mo- apparently more famous than I am, <laughs> that you wouldn't just stumble upon a picture of me searching Stephen Berry on the internet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so other times, I'm, I think, who cares if someone knows who I am? Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Ten years from now, when you're a big famous security researcher and you like figure out how to break Diffie-Hellman key exchanges or something... <laughs> And the, does Madison have the journal, no, that's Milwaukee, Journal Gazette, is that Madison? The Isthmus, the Isthmus is a Madison paper. Correct. Uh, So when the Isthmus comes around, because you're 10 years from now, you're apparently still in Madison in this future, Um, you, do you let them take a picture of you and put it in their article? I'll, I'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of seeing someone use something that I made or listening to something that I made or reading something that I made mm-hmm. more and in noticing and not saying anything and just enjoying the fact that I don't know this person, but they are consuming a thing that I made. So you would like to anonymously be Stephen Barry? Yes. I like that idea more than I like the idea of that person then turning around and saying, hey, aren't you Stephen Barry? That is awful. Okay. And if you asked me probably last podcast, if what I thought about those two situations, I probably would be pretty indifferent about it. What changed? I had to be in a large crowd of people who I didn't choose to be around, really. If that makes sense. Okay. And while I was there, I was I was in a situation that I was the center of attention, and it was not a pleasurable experience because I didn't know the people very well, and they were mm. trying to know me, and I had no interest in knowing them. From what you've said of it, it sounds like you were under scrutiny a bit. You were like under a magnifying glass. More than you would be if somebody said, hey, you made that app that I like. Not necessarily. It was more just interactions like normal, not, they weren't trying to know me like personally. They were trying to know me Mm. for entertainment. Like, guess we're all here. Better like meet the guy. Okay. Kind of stuff. And it just was not fun. And the more situations I find myself in like that, the more I think... How can I remove this kind of thing from my life? Okay. And putting my face on things is not the way to do that. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. It, basically, the thought is I'm going to pick and choose social interactions as much as I can. And that sounds like a, a Unabomber kind of like I'm going to seclude myself kind of thing. But it's not even that Very extreme. Very much so, yeah. It's not even that extreme. It's just uh, I'm going to... Keep doing the things I like, which is friends, family, and working on my apps, working on my podcasts, working on my white papers, my ideas. Mm -hmm. I love doing those five things, you know? Okay. 
So this is a way to control what time you're spending where by just not letting people even start that interaction. Yes. And I think making myself more anonymous on the internet is the first step to that. And I, it's a lot of, that's a hard thing to say because I just spent a lot of time making this website work Mm -hmm. with this big picture of me. And trust me, it was not easy to do. Zach has, I've been filling Zach in. Yeah, no, it, it looks like very complicated stuff. And I think it looks good, and I like it a lot, so I'm going to have to redesign my website, but I think that's a, a pretty small price to pay for uh, more energy. Redesign it with a strawberry field. I don't think... Get it, an image of a strawberry field from, like, Wikimedia Commons. I don't think that's the way to go. I think there's another way to do that. Like, the times in my non-virtual life that people say my name out loud that I don't know is infrequent, and there are enough Stephen Berries in the world that... No one, very few people will think. I wonder if that's the same guy who made my app. Unless they also listen to the podcast, because then there's. I'm not going to let you modulate your voice. I'm laying down the <laughs> laying down my foot. No, no, no. I don't think that's not the way to go either. Um, but like when I move out, I'm not going to say where I'm going. When I, if I ever change cities, I'm not going to say where I'm going. Uh, I might. I will give you like a general region. Mm-hmm. You know. Because Madison's a big place. Madison's a big university. Right. So I'm not too worried about that. And the things I do right now are small enough that I don't have to... uh, It's not like I think anyone's going to stalk me or I think anyone's going to annoy me with their presence too much. Mm -hmm. But it is... You would like to have the choice in the future. If something goes right for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's what you get what I'm trying to say. Because then if you, do, if you do decide, oh, actually, interactions with fans are the best thing ever, you can just put up more pictures. It's not... Yeah. And so for now, I'm going to do a few things. The first step is to change all my profile pictures to pictures of strawberries. Can I give a recommendation first? Yes. That the threshold to crazy lies somewhere in deleting everything. I agree. That f- all future updates... You can think, all right, no Stephen face in this, mm-hmm. but that you don't need to go through and purge your face from the whole internet. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but like, I can find CGP Grey's face. It's just very easy for me not to. So I think making it easy for people not to see your face would be the thing to do. So do you think, let me ask you this then, do you think uh, changing my profile pictures to strawberries is too much? Is that past the crazy point? To start with, but I think next time you think, oh, this should be my new profile picture, then it should be a strawberry. Why not just now, though? Uh, Just to set the blanket rule that you aren't purging anything from before. You are just updating with not your face so that it can just be widely applied. Fair enough. I'm going to run this a few more things by you then. Okay. Uh setting my instagram to private because it is entirely picture not because it's entirely pictures of my face but it's entirely pictures of my face and other things that i consider to be private i don't know why but i have like a personal disgust with main instagrams being private for no good reason let me let me adem that then moving all of the private stuff over to a, a separate private Instagram. 
Yes, I am totally for that. And then just having like a picture of Bascom Hill on your public. Yeah, and I can, I'm going to continually post things as long as they don't have private information yeah. or my face. That's actually what I was going to propose. Okay. So the, that was the only other situation? Uh, so Twitter. So the thing about Twitter is that mm-hmm. no, nothing goes away ever. Right. So I'm saying it would be futile to try. Mm, I disagree, though. Because I think that what I could do, like, I'm not going to go through all 12,000 tweets of mine. Mm-hmm. 1,200, 1,200, 12,000 is different. <laughs> but I would be totally okay with just do it, like doing a search on my Twitter account for, like, five keywords. Okay. And saying, yeah, that's that I don't want public, that I don't want public, and that I don't want public. I think that that is a different stage of the Make Stephen's Life More Private uh, enterprise than the removing your face from everything. So I will allow that to be retroactive. Okay. And what one? so what about a picture on Twitter of my face? Because that feels different to me. Why? Because unlike Instagram, I can't just put it on a different Twitter account. Because it was in context or something. I don't know. I don't have a specific mm-hmm. example in mind. I'm going to open up your Twitter and look at your media tab. and Yeah, I don't know, actually know if I have anything like that. Avoid the question by... What about the picture of you that we have on the Patreon? We have a picture of me on the Patreon? Yeah. Small Stephen Large Cube. Oh, yeah. Um, Is that like uh, CGP Grey? Sometimes I've, we've both been listening to way too much uh, content by CGP Grey. <laughs> that's so true. That's why we are mentioning him so often. Uh, he talks about how you from the past <laughs> is a different person and you that far in the past duh, like you can see the resemblance but it barely looks like you yeah i don't think you could unless you know me very well i don't think you could recognize me from that um mm-hmm. i agree and oh, i'm yeah. okay with that staying you agree with okay then that is a weird that's a different enough thing uh someone could figure out what model of car you had in 2016 Okay, here's one. Uh, March. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see it. 19th. Yeah, that's getting taken down because I don't like that selfie. Okay. Yeah, that's a different reason. Is a picture of other people at your high school. November 2015. Uh, hold on. I'm, not, I'm looking at the skiing ones because I am there, but I'm wearing a mask. So I'm kind of cool with that. Uh, yeah, right. So, so okay. So yeah, what do you feel? think about that? Because that looks enough like me. You could definitely recognize me. Mm-hmm. This is... Not only is it my face and someone else's face, mm-hmm. but it is from this, you could get a lot of information, private information, funny information, but private information. I'm not sure. I don't know which, which side of the line this falls on. I don't know because I was never a person to post publicly on Twitter who I was dating. Gang deleted. Okay. Goodbye. It's a good picture. So, like, I I would say no, but for different reasons than it has your face in it. It's because it has information about your dating life and... and that's something I've deemed private. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dating could easily be one of the words you yeah. search to delete. I agree. 
another person. CGP Grey, who is notorious for being very slow with videos, is further ahead in time than I am with his video blogs. Uh, because CGP Grey just released his vlog from June. June. And that's great. I am also in June, so I am on par with <laughs> the guy who is notorious for being slow about videos. Uh, but then also, that included August. Oh, yeah, it was a multi-month vlog. Further ahead in time than my vlog currently is. So, uh, just in the vlogosphere, of the people who are competing to not be the slowest vloggers, <laughs> I am now behind CGP Grey. Wow. To be fair, he makes his living making videos. Like, that's what he does. But it's I have... not, not making vlogs, though. I should point out, he makes anything but vlogs, apparently, and... But he makes money from those vlogs, from his Patreon subscribers. Yes, correct. I, I make, like, eight cents per vlog that I do, so... <laughs> Actually, no, I don't anymore. YouTube killed their small partners program. Oh, yeah, right. I remember that. So I make zero cents, which is fine. I, yeah, you're not... marginally not... worse than eight. You're not doing this for the money. No. If you just happen to make money, that'd be awesome, but mm-hmm. that that's a good, in my opinion, that's a good way to go about it. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you have the most fun doing side projects. If you knew that a lot of people were going to watch that, would you be okay with releasing it? Yes, but I hadn't really thought critically about it until just now when you brought that up. <laughs> Fair enough. So my current stance is yes, I would be fine with many people watching it. I think the most I can expect is like a hundred or somewhere in the hundreds. Okay. Which I think I would be more fine with than a thousand or a million or whatever. Aim high. Uh, We have gone very long this week. So (laughs) uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, uh, my picture is a strawberry and the handle is not Stephen (laughs) Berry. And I'm at the puns guy, and we're uh, gonna move on to book club. I don't, I don't know what uh, you we're, were doing there. That's it. Okay. It's gonna, maybe, maybe you wanted to say something clever, but no, you just want to say your handle. Uh, it's fine. I like, I like saying something clever, but I didn't have any. You don't have to. It's not, it's not a rule. No rules in podcasting. There are rules in podcasting. What can you not make a podcast about? You can't shout fire on a podcast. Yes, you can. I'm just trying to think of like what violates uh free speech and shouting fire in a crowded theater does that podcast for people to come on and say libelous things yes that i think that is a rule you cannot do that especially like if it was billed as the libelous libelous podcast then you wouldn't even be able to claim like safe harbor like oh i was just giving them a platform i give everyone (laughs) a platform because you don't you'd only give people saying libelous things a platform so yeah good luck with that Okay, what we need is a decentralized podcast so that we can't be taken down. So just anyone can post to the decentralized podcast feed? No, only we can, but it's hosted in a bunch of different places. We can still be sued for libel. But they can't take our thoughts off the internet, Zach. Uh, Right. And if we set it up right, we won't be able to take it down either. And they can't make us, they can't subpoena us to do it because we won't know how. (sighs) I would still be more concerned about getting sued for libel. What's more important, Zach? Your freedom 
or everyone's freedom. Not saying um, libelous things. I'm going to put that above whatever <laughs> half First Amendment speech you were going to give. <laughs> give me a few weeks. Once finals are over, I'll write a very good free speech speech. If you want to give Steven some libelous ideas, <laughs> you can find him on Twitter at the handles we've already described. Uh, we, for our book club, will be reading to the end of Surely You Must Be Joking, Mr. Feynman by Richard Feynman. And next week, not next week, but next podcast, we will be reading the first... 25? 25 pages of Phaedrus by Plato. And that was decided uh, by a Twitter poll. So if you do want to uh, get involved in what books we're reading, you can recommend them to us on Twitter or really wherever, whatever channels we have. Um, you can find Steven's public Instagram and comment on his sunset <laughs> pictures. Hey, you should read uh, Jack and Jill Went Up the Hill was the first book that I could think of. You know, if you really want us to, we will. <laughs> um, and then it'll go into the Twitter poll and you can uh, vote there with your Twitter account. And now on to the book club. Alfred Nobel's other mistake, which is when Elf, when uh, Feynman gets his Nobel Prize. Right. Uh, when he found out, he like basically just hung up on the guy who woke him up. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I was wondering if someone woke you up to tell you had, you had won the Nobel Prize, what would your reaction be? I don't think there's any way to get through my nightly do not disturb on my phone. Mm. But let's say that there is, that my phone like recognizes it. Nobel Prize Commission? Yeah. <laughs> well, because like, there is for my parents and my significant other, but... Okay, but let's say that, like, they called my mom, and then my mom called me, like, hey, they're trying to get in touch with you because they're the Nobel Prize Committee. Um, I mean, I guess I would, would not hang up on my mother. So, uh, let's let's just reframe this hypothetical. Okay. Somehow the Do Not Disturb is not on, and they reach me at three in the morning. I don't think I would hang up on them. I think I would stay awake because, I don't know, that kind of thing I don't. Okay, what's let me add another little caveat then. Okay. You have done basically nothing to earn a Nobel Prize, unlike Feynman. You are uh. basically your current self. Not that the vlogs aren't amazing, but I don't think they are <laughs> Nobel Prize worthy. Nobel Peace Prize. I'm bringing <laughs> communities together with my magnificent art. Exactly. I guess. Because um. I, I know if it were me, I would say stop trying to prank me and then hang up well so but the thing is it would be a swedish number because they're calling from the swedish academy ip so calling would... you can't trust phone numbers mm, i i think it would be i would give it some credence because it would be a swedish number and so the swedish number would either be someone that i already know from sweden now but if i weren't hadn't been to sweden it would still be a call that they were paying for just to call me in the U.S. and say something. All right. And I think that that's a lot of effort for a prank. So, <laughs> yes, I would believe it. Okay. If it was 3 a.m., I might not. <laughs> um, and then he made uh, a list of people he would invite. <laughs> so my next question was, who is on your list? Like, he said eight people. Who are mm -hmm. your eight people that you would invite to your 
what was it again? It was like a acceptance, I guess. Yeah, it was a, a gala of some sort. I think it would depend on what the prize was for. I don't think I would limit it to eight people. Like, I think I would invite, like, everybody from my floor who, my first year of college, just because why not? It's a gala. <laughs> I can Fair invite enough. people to a gala. Okay. And they can say no if they want. I'm artificially restricting you to eight. <sighs> okay. Parents, significant other. Three. You're, you have five left. R- okay, yeah. Um, you would definitely be on that list. Sweet. All right. Four. <laughs> and then it really would, I think it would depend on what it was for. If it was for greatness in the field of computer science or whatever the heck, then I would invite different people than if it was for making the vlog. And I don't okay. know yeah. who that is because I don't know all of the different, even the different, uh, areas that you could win the Nobel prize in. Okay, fair. That's a good answer because it had me involved. All right, <laughs> who would who would your list be? I'm not telling. Your list of eight. I don't want to <laughs> hurt any feelings. Zach's just being mean to people. Before he ever got to the Nobel Prize, because these chapters aren't arranged, uh, in my opinion, in any semblance of order, he was also talking about some of the talks that he gave. Right. Wait. No. Okay. They were. That, there was an order to it, and he was saying it was harder now that he was a Nobel laureate. There was. There are other organizational issues, but not that one. That one's good. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was interesting because Feynman is well known for his ability to make physics approachable for the, the modern man, the the layman. Okay. And so it was, it was interesting that he was having these talks and specifically doing things to keep out the layman so i guess my question is how if and how you would go about that if you were in that position i don't really understand the question if you would go about making your talks exclusive without explicitly making them exclusive oh okay um i would advertise it as something boring but would you because the big thing that he did was not have his name on it, because then people would say, oh, Feynman, he was a, a Nobel guy. Um, I would do... Okay, here's another way to do it. Put your name on it so that people that you want there will come, also mixed with a bunch of people you don't want, mm-hmm. and then say, there's a limited amount of seats, and this group of people get priority because they're who I'm here to talk to. Okay, yeah. Physics majors and... yeah. Like, I don't think that's too mm-hmm. anti-common folk Yeah, for that situation. Okay, I, that's actually a really good way to run it. Even if it's an artificial limit, you could you can pretend it's not. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a few common people get in just by accident. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, he's talking to a Japanese... Uh, I forget exactly who this person is. Dignitary. Um, ambassador is the word he used and the ambassador said i might suppose something but i don't know if it's true which is just awesome because you just that phrase in general is a good way to not be accountable for things (laughs) just i don't know it caught my eye as like i do that when i don't want when i don't know something but want to express my opinion on it anyway Mm -hmm. (laughs) my last note for this chapter is this chapter is one long humble brag. 
<laughs> oh, my life is so hard because I won the Nobel Prize. <laughs> yeah, you're very right. So my last note for the chapter is what was Alfred Nobel's second mistake? Other giving, mistake? Well, the mistake he's referring to in the chapter title is giving Feynman the prize, even though ah. Alfred Nobel did not have anything to do with that decision. Okay. At least that was my interpretation of it. I could be wrong. In the next chapter, he talked about going on a honeymoon with his wife to mm-hmm. uh, South America somewhere. I think it was Mexico. Was it Mexico? So not even South America. Never mind. Or Central America, maybe? No, because yeah. it was Mayan. Somewhere south of Texas. <laughs> right. Uh, and still in the Americas. Yes. Not Antarctica. <laughs> or like Africa. Which is south of Texas. Okay, I suppose. (laughs) If you go all the way around, you get back to Alaska. (laughs) That's not south anymore. It is. No. You're going the same direction. You can walk a straight line from Texas to Alaska. Uh, Right, and that direction, at one point or another, that, that line at one point or another would take you north. But then you'd end up going south again once you cross the North Pole. So during Feynman's honeymoon with his second wife, he he spent his time deciphering Mayan math and sitting in a hotel room while his wife climbed up and down pyramids. Mm-hmm. I have a much different idea of what a honeymoon is than he does. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. The it might might be a product of the time and just the kind of man and romanticist that Feynman is that. Uh, the way he was wording it seemed like, oh, and this was her honeymoon and I was just kind of along for the ride, which doesn't seem like the way to run things, but... To each his own. Mm-hmm. I'm into Found Out in Paris. All right. Uh, towards the end of the chapter, he meets a real drummer, a quote-unquote real drummer, mm-hmm. and the guy looked at the rhythm that it took Feynman like four weeks to learn. And just mm-hmm. to quote him, patter it right out. That's so annoying. I can't. I can't read sight. Read percussion, and I get. Uh, I I got annoyed at other classmates who could because I was <laughs> miserable at it. That's totally fair. Uh, I it's. I think everyone will agree that it's easier to play music once you've heard it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess my point was he seemed so surprised that this guy with professional training and lots of <laughs> practice could do something better than he could. Yeah. I, and this is a running theme. Like, crazy what practice can do. Yeah. <laughs> Generally with art, too. Yeah, in that chapter he was quite amazed with people. Or are you talking about not Feynman anymore? Yeah, no, like with his drawing too, a lot of that was the same kind of idea. That, mm-hmm. Oh, well, it should just be a very simple thing. And then I picked up the charcoal and it was actually very hard. And that was surprising to me. <laughs> uh, my last note of the book is in Altered States, uh, when he is in the sensory deprivation tank mm-hmm. and he moves his ego around. Yeah. And I'm like, the whole the whole time he's talking about it, I'm thinking, is he going to move himself to his crotch? Is he going to move himself to his crotch? Don't <laughs> don't move yourself to your crotch. At least don't write about it. And then he did. And then. And then. Yeah. 
So I'm glad my uh, final note of the book could be about Richard Feynman writing about doing something inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer to end on a on a happier, more scientific note, uh, which, which Feynman did too. The book yeah. ends on this talk of applying the scientific method and being having integrity yeah, yeah. Uh, when you are reporting facts and i actually it felt like it had the same final message as uh harry potter and the math methods of rationality tried to have <laughs> okay which is that the scientific method can be applied to things outside of physics and chemistry and that kind of thing mm-hmm. that you can use the scientific method to figure out you know actual things that apply to your life and you just need to form the hypothesis and then test the things and verify for yourself and that it's important to do that so you know the consistencies of the world i suppose would be the way to say it yeah good message yeah ever applicable as this fan fiction from like four years ago also applies basically the same thing (laughs) i started reading it and i haven't had a whole lot of time recently but i Mm. have enjoyed it so far so uh we'll be back in a fortnight we will be reading phaedrus by plato uh up to page 25 uh we don't know if that's going to be reasonable or not because we have not even looked at the book yet (laughs) so if you're reading phaedrus by plato with us and you're thinking 25 pages that's way too much it will probably be too much for us too, and we'll we'll figure it out in a fortnight. <laughs> uh, real quick before we we end that, actually, um, you might need to to move this and stick it before. <laughs> okay. What are your final notes? We usually oh, yeah, right. fin- finish up reading the book and give our our star rating. God, I don't know, Zach. There are parts of this book that I really really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, including that final chapter, reading about, like, the rat thing was really, really interesting. Very, yeah. Um, and other parts were really good, like, not even, uh, I liked reading about Feynman's college life, um, reading about how he just went through life without, not without feeling it, but noticing that he was feeling it and then rejecting it, the, so, a lot of social pressures, and that was kind of cool sometimes, but not so cool other times. Mm-hmm. And I think that we can all learn a lot about where to draw that line from this book. At the same time, there are real some of those parts were just really hard to read, and <laughs> uh, and I didn't enjoy them very much. So, my final thoughts are mixed at best, and I did not rate it on Amazon or Goodreads because I didn't know what to say. Yeah, I agree. I actually looked up. Um, I just went online to see if there was any discourse about the frame to have in mind for the works of Richard Feynman. The thing that I specifically typed in was um, I googled Richard Feynman in the hashtag me too era. (laughs) Nothing came up. So no one has written that article yet. You could be the one to write that article. Be Um, the change you want to see in the world, Zach. I don't really want to see that though. I just wanted to know. (laughs) I figured that would be what someone would call it. That it um, sounds reasonable. I would not be surprised but, if there was yeah. one some, like that. Um, so I did find some things, and and they basically said that it's 
it's not out of line to appreciate someone's scientific achievements uh, while also recognizing that you shouldn't emulate them in every sense, just in the way that it's <laughs> dangerous to have idols in any fashion, really. Makes sense. So if you would like to clarify my opinion for me, uh, you can reach <laughs> me at not Stephen Barry. And if you would like to tell me what books to read and how to think about them in the hashtag MeToo era, you can tweet me at the Fun Sky. Goodbye. Goodbye. Good, good, good,